1: Good evening, everyone. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good day to you. Welcome to an early Guy Fox Day. I am Ron Koch, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, unexplained, and unbelievable. New England's own housing. With me, my man inside Wales, the gold standard in ghost hunting, the
0: god of infrasound, Steve Parsons. Yeah, good evening, and everybody can, in the UK got to see why I'm the god of infrasound. Um, why is that? Well, the BBC finally showed the program. Oh, the one you
1: couldn't talk about. The one I the... wasn't
0: allowed to talk about, that's right. Good,
1: we have something to talk about today,
0: excellent. <coughs> Except they sent me an email saying, don't talk about too much detail about what you're in in case we want to use more of the footage. But oh. I can talk about the bit I was in. There you go. Yeah. Did they really? It, seriously. They're annoying, aren't they? Isn't it just? Hmm.
1: That, what are you going to do? So uh, this is a special that
0: was on the BBC
1: on this was, Imprison,
0: or just uh, No, no th- um, this is part of, it started, it's still ongoing, a quite popular podcast here in the UK. So I'm guessing you could probably get it in the US. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's from the BBC. It's called Uncanny and I it's in its need. third series as a radio podcast, but ah. as a, but they decided as a special to make three uh, television programs, three episodes really? for TV. Uh, one of which incorporated the, the an infrasound experiment that was conducted at a former United States Air Force base uh, that has now been um,
1: declassified or de. de- De- military, deploy, de- the yeah.
0: um, uh, because it had the perfect uh, building. We used an aircraft hangar. Mm. Um, and my role was to emit infrasound that people couldn't hear. And also using my knowledge of infrasound and the way standing waves are formed uh, and quite a bit of mathematics. Oh, sounds like work. It was um, <laughs> I I predicted in advance the areas where I believed based upon my infrasound
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: the people would have the most odd experiences and the participants had to mark. They went in, they walked around, they couldn't see any of the infrasound equipment because it was covertly positioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and with quite remarkable um, accuracy. They put their markers where they felt or sensed something unusual right where I had predicted in advance that they would. So this
1: was kind of like a takeoff of Hampton Court
0: Castle experiment? Uh, No, not really. Except with infrasound. Uh, Kind of, yeah. It it was testing an idea that um, infrasound... Could be a part of creating a paranormal experience for people. You know that
1: people are going to take this now and say all paranormal experiences are caused because infrasound. You know that. Well,
0: right? actually, if they watch the program, um, in fact, that's been that's been my point all along. It isn't, um, but if you have other factors as well, it could it could be the the final straw. Hmm. Interesting. But you have to have the other factors. That's key. Without the other factors, you can bombard people with infrasound all day long. And they sure. ain't gonna have it they ain't gonna have a they might feel a bit odd, but they're not mm-hmm. going to attribute that to the paranormal.
1: I feel odd every day, but that's besides the point. Well it might be infrasound. <laughs> it could be, huh? Might be my wife emitting a low frequency sound. Well, tigers do. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a mating uh, call, and I'm not aware of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> one can only wish, Steve. One can only wish. Well, I, I'm not going to comment on that. It's not. <laughs> by, it's, one, it's above my pay grade. And two, it's not. I'll, I'll look, I mean, there is some sexual uh, uh, connection between infrasound and sexual. You get a lot of do we? You do. Um <laughs> This was actually discovered by a U.S. Navy flight surgeon. Really? Um, yeah. He he was intrigued when he was on one of the U.S. aircraft carriers. And I think this goes back to the Vietnam War. Okay. That uh, the young sailors would all congregate um, on or near the flight deck when they were doing the aircraft launches. Hmm. And he was a bit intrigued by that. Uh, and he discovered after talking to them that the low-frequency vibrations of the jet's engines were sexually arousing.
1: In a way, that makes sense in a lot of instances. I mean, we know that, you know, the, the joke about the woman who sits on the, the washing well, machine. Yeah, or yeah, 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 you
0: know, that type of and, stuff. But, um, so I, I went, well, in fact, when I, we were in Edinburgh with the infrasound equipment mm-hmm. doing a, an experiment, the equipment we were using did have some unusual effects on some of the females and it ended up being nicknamed the orgasmatron
1: <laughs> i love it love it uh i see something for uh spirit quest next year orgasmatron <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah we could we could build an orgasmatron at spirit quest. Yes,
1: there you go <laughs> anyway change from so, the escape room <laughs> so let me ask you this i mean infrasound how who do you know who discovered that infrasound was here if we can't hear it then
0: how do we know it existed well, it's it because it's actually it's we we're only really aware of it uh i mean sound engineers acoustic engineers sound recorders uh, recording engineers have been aware of a problem for many many decades Um, They called it rumble, Rumble. and it used to be a problem with audio equipment. And so to remove the rumble, uh, the audio amplifying equipment um, was modified and adapted so that anything below about 50, uh, 20 hertz range was removed. They would filter it out, and they would remove the rumble because it was distracting since the middle ages um people have known composers people uh composers of religious music especially would add very low tones from big pipe organs because they they the sound the low frequency sounds inspired a sense of awe into the people listening to the music but it was never really defined as infrasound until after World War Two. Okay, and so then the, there was. I'm sorry, Steve. Go ahead. So we're we're talking about the opposite of a dog whistle. Yes, and I was just going to hit. You must have read my
1: mind. It's you exactly the opposite.
0: Now. It's exactly so the opposite of a dog. How did we whistle.
1: discover a dog whistle? Like dogs can hear something well, that we couldn't hear.
0: It is all of it is just sound. Sound yeah. is just. Uh, pressure waves moving through the air. And a microphone is really nothing more than a very sensitive barometer. Mm-hmm. So it, like our eardrum, um, it moves in response to these changes in air pressure, which are the sound waves.
1: So it wasn't until we understood sound waves that we could understand the high frequency of a dog whistle and the low frequency of sound. Uh
0: Well, I mean, science people knew that the low frequency tones inspired in people or that the high frequency tones were horrible to listen to in fact there is a there is a number of um, acoustic devices uh, that are employed that at the very high frequency end um because young young ears as you re- when you reach about your 20s to 30s you're hearing steadily starts to decline at the upper frequencies that ranges so young very uh, children um, adolescents have a much uh, better range of hearing than adults particularly at the higher frequency ranges and so they they've exploited that with a device called mosquito and mosquito you can you can find it in many shopping malls uh precincts these are small speakers they're quite you know they can sometimes be built built into the pa systems Mm -hmm. and it emits a warbling very high frequency tone a bit like those uh, piezo speakers that are designed to get rid of spiders and mice in your home that you see sometimes well the teenagers can hear this very high-pitched warbling and they don't like it so they go elsewhere uh, to go away from it. Oh, that's intriguing. I didn't know that. Um, The US military have a similar system which they employ uh, for riot control, and it's also used on uh, ships in the Gulf of Oman to deter Somalian pirates, and that's called LRAD, long-range acoustic device, Mm -hmm. and that emits a very high frequency, very high amplitude sound beam that people just go, ow, that hurts, stop it. Mm. Um, and the same is true at the other end of the frequency spectrum. We can't hear these very low frequencies with our ears, and so we don't hear them consciously as sound, but our body is affected by the vibrations. Um, you know, the, the organs will, will jiggle about, our bones will transmit the vibrations, and it disturbs the brain. The brain gets all of these stimuli that it doesn't really understand, and it kind of unnerves the brain. Now, if you then put that into the context of somebody sitting in a house on a ghost hunt, or where there are stories about it being haunted, or even it looks a bit unnervingly spooky, like a haunted house, and they start feeling these odd, weird sensations that they can't smell, they can't hear anything, so they attribute it to the paranormal. That's why it doesn't work on its own. Uh-huh. So,
1: what are the effects of low-frequency infrasound? Okay. And well,
0: what are the physical effects? Well, the there are two... Uh, the first thing I want to say is that the majority of the population, so about two-thirds of the population, will have no adverse effect at all. It doesn't affect them one, one iota. Um, but one-third of the population are more sensitive to it. And these effects could be and are described as being um, a sense of fear or unnerving some oh I just don't like it, but I don't quite know why um I feel frightened um I feel breathless or short of breath because the uh pressure waves are affecting the lungs um they may that the, the effects actually are they're actually quite diverse because they vary from individual to individual, so could but they have the, hallucinations? No. Uh, optical. In a lot of the early infrasound research, which was based on the work of a British researcher called Vic Tandy, he suggested uh, that, and it was based on a NASA paper, that uh, the reason why, let me just rewind, the reason why NASA were interested is because during the Saturn V launches, there was a huge amount of vibration and infrasound being generated by the rocket motors, And they wanted to make sure that the astronauts wouldn't be adversely affected by the vibrations causing the their vision to be distorted, and they couldn't read the dials and gauges. So they were. Now, when Tandy read this and put together um, with his own experiences, he suggested that uh, the infrasound might cause the eyeballs to vibrate, oscillate, and this might cause peripheral vision. Apparitions. Okay. Now, more research has actually suggested that that's not the case. Um, The eyeballs vibrate at a completely different non-infrasonic frequency. But nevertheless, the NASA paper was actually referring to a very specific set of vibration um, conditions. And when we've done mass... Uh, tests on up to two three four hundred people at a time they don't report visual disturbances at all
1: Hmm.
0: so the visual senses are not not associated it's more people sensing uh or saying they don't know why they just feel unnerved disturbed ill at ease scared frightened um, some of the physical effects they suggest are they feel a bit short of breath they may feel warm um they may feel like somebody's touching them or running their fingers along their body so
1: like static electricity and a uh, drive yeah
0: yeah because yeah. what what they're actually sensing is a very subtle sense of vibrations that their body is picking up through the nervous system in the skin, in the bones, in their organs, in the chest, and the brain is trying to understand all of these rather strange, weird sensations because it can't smell it, taste it, or hear it. So I guess we can go back to the the uh, the
1: myth, or I don't know, it's a myth, but the the theory that um, we are the best. Ghost detector. We are uh, the best
0: instrument well, because we are so sensitive. We are incredibly sensitive, um, but not in many cases not consciously so. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, because we the brain is oh, makes aware. Good sense, yeah. yeah, the often the brain is aware of something untoward, but it doesn't know because the brain is trying to match it to something it does understand and that's why we have, we have effects like pareidolia where it mm-hmm. sees a pattern and immediately relates it to a face um because the brain is doing that all of the time um there are do you remember when that submarine imploded on the titanic wreck yeah and they were explaining that the people would never ever have known that it imploded because it imploded faster than the brain, than the sensory system could send the signal to the brain, the brain process it and send an action uh, oh, I... signal back. Yeah. That's interesting. So it would have been truly instantaneous because they would never have known, uh, they could never have known because the submarine imploded in about 0.01 millisecond It takes four times longer than uh, that for a signal to be sent from the eyes, ears or the nervous system to the brain. The brain then takes another fraction of a millisecond to process that information. And then another fraction of a millisecond to send an action message to the, the body to do something about it, like pull your hand away or register uh, so, so so the submarine would have imploded before the brain would have even been aware so
1: that's, that's one of the ideas that the theories that we people uh, some ghosts because they don't know they're dead under that circumstances it, it's a possibility
0: that it, it, it's a case of in, in the case of the unfortunate people in the submarine it would have been truly instantaneous to the point where so fast they would never have been aware of it, even consciously. Interesting. That's really. And I suppose if you're going to pick a way to go, that's got to be the best way. Yeah. So it's. So we we don't know what makes us us. No, we don't.
1: And so our body ceased to exist.
0: Instantaneously. Their bodies ceased to exist in about half the time it would have taken for the signal to say that. Reaching the brain. They would so, already have been.
1: And truly, they never knew they were dead.
0: Correct. Wow, that's fascinating. And that's, that's science. I mean, you know, uh, I know. I, medical I, it's, 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 doctors so cool. actually said we know how fast the signals travel between the brain and, you know, and through the nervous systems. And we know how fast the brain can re- react because we've done all of those measurements. And the guys who know about you know the implosions and pressure uh said that that sub must have uh imploded in a, a fraction of the time that the signal would have taken to reach the it wouldn't even have reached the brain before wow, that's amazing before they weren't before it ceased to they ceased to exist hmm. it's it's actually fairly mind bending to even think about it in that i know it's it?
1: I mean, they, we've gone down some big rabbit holes here, uh, but we we kind of also drifted.
0: I mean, truly, the you, they were they were history before they even realized they were history. Wow, amazing! So, getting back to
1: what we were originally talking about, which was infrasound. Yeah, uh,
0: we went down several <laughs> rabbit holes along the way. Uh, well, infrasound was kind of. Uh, do you remember the U.S. Navy uh, said that they had detected signals of the implosion? Mm-hmm. They would have been infrasound waves. Ah, okay. So back to the, the BBC thing. Uh, yeah.
1: What was the purpose of the show itself, uh, About the
0: experiment not in general? The experiment was to see, because Kieran, as the skeptic, mm-hmm. had been offering infrasound as a... Suggestion in Mm -hmm. a lot of the cases that have been discussed um, in the podcast series and on the TV series. Ah, okay. And the believer was saying, but, you know, you keep saying about infrasound and how what it can do. So they decided, let's put it to the test and let's see if it does have these effects on people. Excellent. And it did, hmm. because they'd employed the god of infrasound to set it up.
1: So, is is did they have a believer in the same same show? Um,
0: there is a believer. Uh, mm-hmm. She's a, uh, a lady called No. She's actually a she calls herself a parapsychologist, mm-hmm. um, but she is a Scottish lady called Evelyn Hollow. Hmm. Uh you should be able to actually listen to the podcast. I I can't say I honestly have. <laughs> yeah, but you're running Steve so I probably will listen to it. No, well that's the TV show. Oh, okay. Um I, I don't know if you can get uh BBC No, nah, we, well we do have
1: BBC America. I don't know if it's on BBC America, but uh Well, you can search for Uncanny. I will search for it. It's called Uncanny. Yeah, yeah. We have, you know, I mean, we have other things. We have one called Unexplained and something else. I mean, it, there's a million. I mean, variations. I can't
0: see the BBC not promoting it. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. very heavily promoted in the UK, and I'm sure they would have wanted a, a worldwide audience for the podcast a, and the TV. For uh, sure, for sure. Episodes. Mm. I mean, it's my se- My section in the program is barely two or three minutes. Uh, yeah, you know, that's amazing. How much time you put into it for, two, for a three, I, three, I three put, minutes? I put in 48 hours into that experiment. Isn't uh, that amazing for about three minutes? Yeah.
1: People don't understand that totally. They, they just don't
0: understand TV. Well, I mean, that. yeah, no, no. I mean, the experiment took, uh, you know, five or six hours. We had to set it all up and do all the, right. all the measurements. Before that, there was about you know 24 uh, a days worth of doing the math yeah um, working working out yeah finding the local it was me that found the location and um so yeah i did design the, the the acoustic system in order to, to be able to do what it was you know was you funny. have to generate these really these these powerful sounds but and that requires big speakers right um, but you can't let anybody see them, and hiding them in, a, in an empty building is a very difficult thing to do. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> you know, because an aircraft hangar is basically just a big empty box. Yeah. Uh, there was mm-hmm. nothing in it um, apart from the equipment we'd we we, we we'd installed, and we had to, you know, how would you hide it? <laughs> yeah. <precisely. laughs> but we managed.
1: Hmm. And the experiment was
0: success. So that's... it was a remarkable success, actually. Okay. BBC I, I, pleased. They were pleased. Um, hmm. I, 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 I was, I was confident that before we went along, I was confident that I could deliver it, but there is always that sort of, you know, well, so I said, we're about 80% chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was hoping for higher and I got, we got much higher. Well, now
1: the participants, were they random or were they chosen for a particular uh,
0: reason? Not, not exactly random, uh, because the story that they were investigating or the, the main, the main sort of story was involving a bunch of Oxford students. Ah, um, so what they did, what the BBC did is they advertised on social media for a bunch of Oxford students who would, what, you know, who wanted to get involved and come along. So they were all of a particular, uh, age group, mm-hmm. you know, sort of,
1: um, so this is kind uh, of what a Harry Price used to do advertising
0: for, well, yeah, but his you know but not, it's not if, if you narrow... would, if you were doing the experiment as a as a you know a full experiment not mm-hmm. a, you know not a tv show you would mm-hmm. design it a little bit differently than than the bbc do because their their reason for doing it was quite different than you would do it for a science experiment
1: unfortunately we have to take a break right now but uh it's been interesting we had it, we had it. We opened up a couple of cans of worms, I think, tonight, and mm. I, I kind of be thinking on some of that. But anyway, you're listening to uh, Ghost Chronicles International with uh, Ron Kolick and the God of Infrasound, Steve Parsons, right here on Toadgenet Radio, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrimack Street, Throw in Massachusetts, the Glant Messier Family Law Group, and our very good friends at Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. We will be right back after the following messages.
0: Located in Illinois, there lies a sleepy little town Where nothing is a common occurrence You going to that party in town tonight? Heck yeah! I only turned 18 once That is until the night of celebration Where the hell is she? Oh no No, no, no
1: Jessica! <sighs> what? Have From the creators
0: of Shadowhunters, bite me, comes a tale of primal terror and grind called mayhem.
1: Shadow Hunters. Kill that, Jessica. Kill!
0: The second half of the first half of tonight's double edition of Ghost Chronicles. This is the international edition, not coming to you from Illinois. Um, and before we go any further on tonight's show, breaking news, ladies and gentlemen, within the last few minutes, whilst we've been on air, the former teller of curious tales, Dylan Jones, currently in Savannah, Georgia, mm-hmm. has announced his engagement. To the lovely Brigid Platt. Yeah, I saw that. The kiss by the fountain—so touching. So there you go. Congratulations to both of them. Absolutely. And uh, I believe now Dylan's heading off to the southern border to try and get citizenship.
1: Good for him. He'll lose. He'll lose his shine after he gets citizenship.
0: Well, anyway, moving on.
1: Yes, that was breaking news. I did see uh, the picture on uh, Facebook, though. I found it intriguing.
0: Yeah, literally, um, I was just shown it during the break. Were you really? Yeah. My wife thrust her phone into my hand and go, they've got engaged. Yay. Uh, so uh, I'll, I'll have to offer my congratulations. I saw the
1: picture, lift- but I didn't, look, didn't actually read the caption, which is why I didn't know they became engaged. Ah.
0: There we are.
1: Because we have lots of pictures of Bill, Dylan and Bridget
0: wandering about on Like a pair of love struck puppies. Yeah. Love. At least he's made an honest woman of her. Yeah. Or
1: intends to. Yeah. Well, I never make an honest man of him,
0: though. It's too late for that. <sighs> I'm waiting for him to turn into a You know, I'm waiting for the beard and the tattoos.
1: Oh, yeah, there you go. (laughs) That would be nice to see, wouldn't it? Yeah. Maybe get his
0: head tattooed. (laughs) You know what it'll be? It'll be a giant Ghostbuster logo. Uh, You're probably right. You're probably right. (laughs) I I wonder what Dylan dressed up as this Halloween. Oh, I, I would
1: bet all kinds of money and take all kinds of odds on that one. Yeah.
0: Well, um, uh, but nevertheless, congratulations to the both of them. Yeah. and I hope your I hope their Halloween was better than mine. Really? Oh, well, I spent my uh, in the ER. Oh, they have ERs in the UK. Well, we call them A and D, accidents and emergency. But oh, yeah, I forget. You have to book,
1: you, you book your accidents and emergencies ahead of time so that you can no, get No, no,
0: no. You just rock up at the door and go and then, you know, sit yourself down. I'm oh, hurt. Oh, hurt. They say, oh, yeah. Well.
1: So are yeah. all these other people have a seat.
0: That's it. Yeah. Four hours, five hours, six hours. A whole week can elapse before you get seen. But you get seen. Mm-hmm. And nobody asks you for your insurance. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, exciting my own, stuff. My own stupidity, so I got to spend Halloween in the ER. Hmm. There we go. And I'm and I'm now can't hear in one ear.
1: Well, I guess that's an improvement. You hear only half
0: of me. That's true. You still hear all those sound effects in the Shadowhunters uh, Shadow Hunters trailer.
1: Yeah, all those sound effects. You only you only hear the low ones, you don't hear the high ones.
0: Oh, ah! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, ah, uh, maybe we got a new teller of curious tales in there. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, there might be. I wonder, be a, uh, I wonder if there'll be a little teller of curious tales.
1: Oh my God! Please, I'm drinking my tea. I will spit it up. <laughs> Anyways, I wish them the best
0: of luck. So back to the show. Uh, I wish Bridget the best of luck. Which who? Bridget Yeah, she needs it She will do I don't know, marrying an American though, it's kind of like going downhill Yeah, but like most Americans, she's Irish Ah, good, good, good Yeah, there's a a chance Yeah, most Americans as it turns out, most American presidents are Irish Um, Mm -hmm. We have Obama No, no uh, seriously, I was about to say, uh, you had Clinton, of course, mm-hmm. um, George Washington, obviously, Biden. Mm-hmm. Trump, his mother is Scottish, which means that Trump is actually eligible for British citizenship. Good for him. And weirdly, you get during, out. <laughs> during, a, during a visit to Ireland, uh, during his presidency, Obama claimed Irish descent. Oh, he claims everything, for God's sakes a well, There we they go. They all claim everything. You know, Elizabeth
1: well, since Warren's since, Indian, so there well, you go there. Well, since the
0: Kenne- since the Kennedy era of course. Just because you were
1: conceived true. in the back of a cheek, G- K- 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 doesn't make you an Indian.
0: No, but since uh, since the since J- JFK, I think most American presidents have tried to claim Irish heritage.
1: True. We don't. The Irish aren't that big of a voting block. I'm curious about that.
0: Hmm, interesting. Well, yeah, but look how big Saint Pat's Day is over in Ireland, in uh, the US. Yeah, but we look for anything to celebrate. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> so, true. 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 I mean, any excuse to dress up and get
1: drunk. Yeah. So speaking of options, you have a holiday coming up, Guy Box Day.
0: We do. Uh, November the fifth here in the UK. Yeah, um... I remember. Remember. Remember, remember. Uh, It's a a commemoration of what we say is the only man who ever entered the British Parliament with honest intentions. I love that. (laughs) Um, This goes back to the gunpowder plot, which was in, oh God, 16-something or other, um, when a group of Catholic noblemen um, formed a plot to unseat the Protestant king, uh, Charles II, and have him replaced on the throne. And uh, the plot consisted of they were going to blow up the king and the Houses of Parliament, the whole of the Parliament, um, by filling the cellars with gunpowder. The plot was thwarted. And uh, Guy Fawkes, who was the guy that was found with the gunpowder and a box of matches, Oops. <laughs> yep, waiting for the King to arrive to open the, you know, the state opening of Parliament the next day, mm-hmm. uh, He was, which was to be the 5th of November. Uh, he was caught, sort of red-handed, uh, and along with a number of others involved in the plot uh, were tortured and ultimately put to death and we celebrate the fact that the king survived and that democracy survived uh, by remembering that on the 5th of november where we we build a giant bonfire and on the top of the bonfire you you put an effigy called the guy or guy fawkes Mm -hmm. and we set off fireworks so it's a bit like the 4th of july ah lovely except nowadays it's not politically correct to set off noisy fireworks. So because all the animal people say it upsets their cats and their dogs. So we
1: should do high frequency fireworks so that there's no sound.
0: Well, what they're asking for (laughs) now is, in fact, you can actually buy in the UK, uh, silent fireworks. Oh, there you go. Which are no fun at all. Mm. But you know, the, the, um, the whinging liberals have all turned around and said, "Oh, we don't like these. They upset poor Fido or Kitty." Mm-hmm. Now, you know, this is this is a history, a British tradition, a celebration that was, a, as a, up until twenty years ago, was a much bigger celebration than Halloween in the UK, um, and it was something that every kid looked forward to. You know, growing up. It was the big event of, you know, of the, sometimes, you know, nearly as big as Christmas.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but now it's been spoiled because people are giving in to the, the you know, the uh, the retailers, the the organizers of firework displays are all giving in to these whinging individuals who say it upsets their cats and their dogs. Yeah. Well. What are you going to do? Well, we do what we do every year by the biggest, loudest fireworks that we can find.
1: Yeah. I, I, so, what is torturing before you kill anybody? Can't you just kill
0: somebody oh, in we, the UK? <clears throat> well, no. What, the reason they were tortured wasn't vengeance, uh, because that's not allowed. Um, they were tortured. In order, you know, so if you don't tell us who else was involved in this conspiracy, because they just found the one guy with 40, you know, 40 barrels of gunpowder and a box of matches. Um, so they wanted, you know, him to confess and to spill the beans on his co-conspirators. So torture was used as an incentive. Oh, an incentive. An incentive to tell the truth. Well, I'll tell the truth they want to hear. Well. Or, come clean, and tell us what you know and who else is involved. Mm-hmm. All right, so I
1: just had to do it. Many who specialize in ghost hunting believe the ghosts chose to haunt places were special to them or places where great tragedies occur. It's interestingly that the places that guy Gideon Fox Guido Forks. Yes, uh, frequented. His birthplace is known to be haunted. No. Well, God. it is, actually. Yeah, it's well known. Is it really? Oh, yeah. What is this? Every time you, there's got to be a ghost somewhere. Well, the you know, uh,
0: there are several locations where Guido Fawkes and Robert Catesby, uh, another of the conspirators, their ghosts are said to manifest. In fact, Derek Acora. I uh, did a Halloween, uh, uh, sorry, a, uh, well, it was shown closer to Halloween, but a gunpowder conspiracy You know, I think I actually saw that years ago. Where he eventually communicated with the uh, spirits of the um, conspirators, those involved in the gunpowder plot, including Guido Forks. Guy, Guy is the British equivalent or the British version of, the name Guido, which is, which, although he wasn't Spanish, he took a Spanish name because he was working with the Spanish Jesuits to overthrow the, um, he was actually a, a mercenary soldier of quite high regard, but he was a Catholic and he supported, you know, um, mm-hmm. the Catholic pro- plot to over, overthrow the British Protestant monarch. Mm-hmm. And we didn't want him to. No, that's a shame. Anyway,
1: of course, there are YouTube channels that you can go. Oh, 2020. Imagine that. Hunting for Guy Fawkes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't they look for everybody?
0: Well, anybody famous in history, Henry VIII, Anne Boleyn, Mary Queen of Scots, Guy Fawkes—name any any of the major the historical characters in British history. They they none of them seem to have moved on, or if they have moved on, they do like to pop back. Um, Anne Boleyn pops back famously to Blickling Hall, uh, one of her ancestral homes, uh, but she only does it once a year um, on a particular day. <laughs> Yes, right. There, there used to be crowds arriving to see the headless ghost of Anne Boleyn arriving by a horse, by you know, carriage drawn by horses up the driveway at Blickling.
1: anybody ever see her?
0: No, hmm. didn't think so. But nevertheless, you know, she does apparently, according to the uh, story, visit. Um, and you have Mary Queen of Scots doing similar things, so they they do like to pop back. You know, so, Henry Henry VIII pops back regularly to um, uh, Windsor Castle, mm-hmm. where repeatedly so, he was seen by King Charles. How many?
1: How many people have seen the the nun from Borley?
0: Well, you have the three. Report. I think it's three bull sisters. Um, who saw her simultaneously when she uh, appeared on the 28th of July. There was a number of other site reports uh, from members of the household or local uh, farming community who saw the figure leaning on the um, garden gate, the main entrance gate, looking mournfully out across towards the church. Uh, and there's probably, in total, uh, nine or ten reports of the Nunn at Borley. At different times, too. At different times.
1: was well, the, di- uh, the latest
0: sighting?
1: Reputable sighting.
0: The latest sighting I know reputable. of was in, like, well... I'm sure there are,
1: like, 6,000 Eritrea you know, Goldhousen reports. Uh, in the of the
0: the, then... Well, reputable, possibly the 80s, there was a report and included uh, a photograph. um, Oh. Which had a figure that looked a little bit like a a human sort of nun, you know, figure drink. Or kind of misty thing. Yeah, very misty. Uh, Skeptics describe it as a watermark on the negative. Now, there you go. Uh, and to be honest, I've seen it, and it does kind of look more like a watermark on the negative. Yeah. Um, there was a, the last report I'm aware of uh, was in the late 1990s. There may have been others since, but I haven't heard of any.
1: Hmm. So, do you think that ghosts start haunt, stop haunting after a while, or they get fed up, or?
0: Well, what's interesting is they do seem to fade, Hmm. Um, you know, all the, uh, so what you have um, in some cases, um, going back in, you know, going back in time, the reports of the phenomena are more active, more visible, noisier. Um, If it's an apparition, it's clearer. And then over decades, they tend to fade to uh, less distinct apparitions. And, uh The sounds become less distinct, less clear. So it may be that they do, over time, fade. But we do, and Richard Felix is, is always falling foul of this one, because he says, why are there no ghosts of ancient cavemen? Mm. And, in fact, in the literature, in in the records, there is actually one or two attributed to, um, you know, thousands of year old ancient Britons. So um, they may not have faded properly, you know, or they may have been particularly intense at the start. But but, But hauntings do. I mean, poltergeists especially barely last, you know, uh, months, and um, the activity sort of starts small, reaches a crescendo, and then fades away and stops. And that can take place over, you know, less than a year in many, many um, instances.
1: So it seems to me that a lot of people would be wasting their time to go to some of these haunted places where they reputedly uh, you know, like Borley, for instance, and and you were or any of the, the castles where that they don't they saw those originally. There were many reports, but under those circumstances that we discussed, then what are they really looking for? It's, if it's faded away, if it's no longer there anymore? I, I, I,
0: well, in many cases, I think a lot of the uh, attributions of ghosts. Are purely historical, and the rest of it then is the human element of make-believe and desire. But interestingly, there is a suggestion that, well, an observation, that yeah. the more so, a the more a location is investigated, the more and more reports come out. And I've often, you know, I've I've seen that for myself here in West Wales because me when as I well When I moved down here, Pembroke Castle had one, sorry, two ghosts associated with it historically. And they had been, you know, they were written in the the ghost guides. But as of the present, because it is now on the circuit and there are lots of ghost hunts and people paying attention to it, the number of ghosts has risen to approaching 30. Another another case with the Black Monk of Pontefract um, Pontgeist this took place in the 1960s and lasted the expected about a year and then faded away then about a decade ago the house came onto the market um, oh, saw, and now you have every week three or four ghost groups spending the night there and in fact it even appeared on an episode of most haunted it's even appeared on um, paranormal lockdown mm-hmm. and other tv shows and it is now described as the most actively haunted house in britain but there are you know whether whether these are real experiences or whether these are a mix of misunderstanding, misinterpreting, wishful thinking, desire. I don't know.
1: Is it? Is it? You think it's part of like you know, similar to the the Hampton Court experiment again? Once again, the people are expecting,
0: and the is oh, this yeah. a spooky uh, location, e- therefore, expectation is is. Yeah. It, it it's like EVP you know if you tell if you give somebody a transcript you get very good evps if you draw a red circle around a photograph people see the anomaly that you that you indicate um expectation desire i think creates far more ghosts than the natural world ever did yeah I, I just In fact, that without a doubt, without a doubt, and I think you, can, I think you could demonstrate that time and again with the literature. Um, you know, expectation, priming of the pump, is what creates the ghosts. You know, that's one of the reasons. You know,
1: people will ask me all the time, like, "Oh, have you gone to Easter State Penitentiary? Have you gone to I don't know the Queen Mary or someplace like that?" Yeah, Alcatraz. and I always say, "No, I, I, I really not interested, quite frankly, because it's been done." So many times, I don't know. It's not it, me. It's almost like a polluted environment. Uh it's, yeah, yeah. it's not the same. No, I understand.
0: Same. Yeah, and that's parasites exactly the same. We we, you know, when somebody says, you know, my house is haunted. Are you interested? And then you discover that twenty paranormal groups have been round before mm-hmm. you. You know, we say, well, we're sorry, but. It's not really one for us because it's it's like trying to find a crop circle in a in a well trodden meadow. And... There's nothing. There's nothing left. It's been trampled. Right. And you spend all of your you know you you spend all of your time untangling all of the stuff that's gone before. Well, you know there's a ghost of a white lady. Well, who said mm. that? Well. The last groups that were here. The medium said that the she sensed the ghost of a, or this or that or this Mm -hmm, happened or there's a portal or, and you can never get anything from it, so we don't bother.
1: And and you can't you can't I mean you you of course you always present your findings but you you almost like can't present your findings if they're going to be opposed to the other groups that were there. It's like. Oh, that's not what they got, you know. That you get that. And then, that yeah, then you spend
0: that. the rest of. Yeah, then you spend the rest of the trying to defend the, your, your your exactly, friends. exactly. Oh, yeah, no, exactly. And it, you know, I I'm not in this for conflict. I'm not in this to prove anything to anybody. And I'm certainly not, you know, in it to publish, you know, a report that you then have to spend the next six months. Arguing with every Tom, Dick, and Harry about um, it's just you know well yeah you're willing to publish your papers for, for peer review oh absolutely but, absolutely but that's different yeah know. absolutely and we yeah. do um, but you know when you when you produce some well-founded results and measurements that actually say well there was nothing paranormal about the, those sounds because we found the cause of those sounds, here they are and we can replicate it time and again It's kind of like the orb isn't it? It doesn't matter that we demonstrated oh. Well it didn't matter did it that we demonstrated that they could be made almost to order
1: Yeah but Mayan
0: is different, right? Exactly Exactly
1: Ninety I understand ninety nine percent, but my look at it, this is different. This it's is exactly, really
0: different. and you yeah. get the same if you go to investigate um, a, a well, a previously well investigated haunted house. What do you mean you didn't find anything? Well, I mean there was a good example with EVP when when um, the SpiraCom machine plans were released. Uh, by George Meek he he, people built their own spirit comms and nothing happened they couldn't replicate the EVP conversations that he was getting and his response was well that's because we had a psychic but not just our psychic me yeah we had the psychic we had me and I was the reason why it worked
1: Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. We actually
0: ran out of time, believe it or not. Oh, no. It, it was an intriguing conversation today. I, I well, enjoyed it. Next, next week I well, next week we're off to Australia. Oh, finally. Yeah, that's next week. Yeah. So what's the deal
1: with the uh, the cat in the shadows? I've been getting all these kind of messages from that.
0: there uh, of time? Well... A lady called Kat, who runs the podcast, Cat in the Shadows. And uh, she's going to be our guest next week. And she can tell you all about it. Excellent. Okay. If They can to figure on. out the really complicated time zones. I'm so confused.
1: Anyway, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles International. With Steve Parson, and Ron Kullick right here on that, And stay tuned for Ghost Chronicles Book of Shadows.
0: Something Ooh. new as,
1: as Ghost Chronicles goes... Uh, on this one so there you go all right so good night everyone be safe and see you next week
0: good night